Silence can be breathing space and spawn release and wellness in a time of appalling inflation of words. But silence may be intolerably screaming if it means absence of communication, deficiency in friendship, and emotional deficit. Hello and welcome to episode 497 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode. That's a little quote from Eric Pavernagy. I believe it's pronounced or Pavernagy. Something like that. But uh been a while since we did a wellness Wednesday. I think it might have been a couple weeks now. We're still working on trying to get everything figured out, what we're going to do. If you are a follower that's newer or long-term, I suggest if you want any of the back episodes, if you're able to download them into your uh, podcasting queues, I suggest doing it now so you have them to listen to later because once we break the 500 mark, we uh, were offered a pay platform. So I'm going to have a lot of the probably like the first 400 episodes or stuff you're only going to be able to go back and listen to if you go into the pay platform. That one will also have some special upcoming video things and stuff I'll be doing to at least give that platform a little something. A little something something every couple of weeks or so for the people that want to support me and give me a little bit to help me keep going. I mean, I am I figure 500 episodes of free podcast over a couple of years time and and hell, I don't even know when we started all this. It could be three years, four years by now. I think it was right around the whole COVID outbreak and all that. But we were doing the Crimson Cull Comic Club before that. And Under the Cull. And a gr- great one, AB Conversation, the AB Convo, AB Conversation podcast. Uh that wasn't one I was part of. Just, uh, but it's part of our group's podcasting platforms. Uh, my brain just locked up all of a sudden. But yeah, I'm going to basically be doing a bunch of stuff once we hit the 500th episode where I'm going to be switching things over. So if you want any of those episodes, I suggest... Get them now. Get them in your queue so you don't lose them. So you're not going to be able to find them unless you donate some money towards me in the future. And then you can go back and look at all my (laughs) crappy first four or five hundred crappy episodes. (laughs) And some weren't bad. Some were fun. But yeah, I know there was a lot of them that I was in rough shape on those days when I recorded. So I couldn't give you... 
the type of podcasting performance that I wanted to give you. <laughs> but I still tried, and I still got stuff out, so at least we get the information out there, and that's a good thing. I just had a video appointment with my PCP doctor to go over some things. Uh, as you knew, as most knew in the past that listen, I was on Belbuca for pain management. And I just, every time we started out, I think at like one, 125 or 150 milligrams. And then went, went to 300 and 275. I don't know what all the exact numbers were, but we, every couple of months, I'd talk to my doctor and I'd be like, hey, nothing's going on. And every month or two, we'd double the dosage or up the dosage to the next level. Took it all the way up to the 900 milligram level twice a day. Still felt the exact same as I felt when I, Started the medication at whatever it was, 150, 175 or something. I don't know, 125 maybe, but uh, milligrams. And I couldn't stand it because you got to stick the patch in your cheek. And it's supposed to stay there for a half hour. But if you have dentures for some reason, the, the patch likes to flip around and stick to the dentures and so it's not getting me the medication when it's stuck to my dentures or I tried putting it under my upper dentures and it would take like three quarters of the day to dissolve the first patch so it just wasn't getting in my system at all or hardly at all or it was getting in my system and just doing absolutely nothing for me so I was running low a couple weeks ago, placed an order because I went, tried the patch, the patch, the buprenorphine patch, I believe it's called, which I was supposed to stick on me once a week and every hour or so it was supposed to release some medicine into my body. I got, got sick with a bunch of side issues like breathing problems, uh, slow thumping pulse uh, felt like your heart rate was just stopping heartbeat was stopping it just felt like crap first night didn't go good thought for sure I'd die in my sleep because of my pulse slowing so such a long in between segments of the slowing pulse to the before you get that thump of it kicking back in and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to die in my sleep. If I fall asleep, I should probably just get up. And also the next day I know I'm asleep. So like, I had to go with it. I uh, Next morning, had more problems. And it just kept increasing. As the day went on, the issues that I was having and... It's like, okay, this thing has no regulation on how much medication it's really putting in my system. And the medication that is going in my system, I'm not getting any relief from. But I'm having all these extra issues. 
it's like screw this i took the patch off disposed of it correctly and the next day went back to the belbuca patch in the cheek then i'm like okay i only got like seven patches left i'm supposed to take two a day there's no way i'm gonna make it to my doctor's appointment a week later so i'm like okay i'm gonna go every other day one patch and just try and wean myself off this shit and then we can go from there with a new medication or whatever but at least i'm getting through the wean off period did a bunch of research on that made sure that i wasn't harming myself by going directly off a 900 milligram patch to nothingness i did go skip a day in between for a few few days and then i uh skipped two days in between for a couple days a couple patch periods and then i just got down to the last few patches and my doctor had a reschedule her appointment so it got pushed a week ahead week later and i'm like well i'm not gonna make it we ordered more patches but they aren't sending me the patches because the patches needed some type of verification or something i'm assuming because i just got those buprenorphine patches and i uh had had trouble getting that okayed and then it went through and then all of a sudden I get the patch, start the patch, and then I'm looking for Belbuca refills right away. It's like, well, they didn't understand what was going on, and I'm assuming that's why they didn't want to refill the Belbuca, the company. So I sent messages to my PCP, but after talking to her today, she has not seen any of the messages from the pharmacist. So... And my wife's the one that sent her the messages because she works for the pharmacist. So that's nice having her there to help take care of me and try and get me my meds when I need them. And nobody's listening or responding to me. So I sat there and told her, told my PCP today that I'm just going to stay off. I'm off this thing anyways right now. I'd like to just stay off it. We're going to, I want to do some research and decide what kind of medication would be best for the issues I'm having. And I think some of my other issues that I have, which have amplified, uh, Such as recently, I got, well, I've had this on and off for years. Just mild events of it, where it last half a day or so, or one day, or, and then go disappear for a while, and then basically relapsing, remitting. <laughs> uh, but it's, more amplified when I lay down 
as far as the well for example the past week every night i try and lay down around 11 12 o'clock if i'm tired enough and as soon as i lay down my right arm from the fingertips all the way through my arm down my side through my groin down my right knee right leg down to my right toes that whole side of my body is doing ticklish electrical zappings that cause me to make certain movements with my limbs to try and fight them my hands will grasp or they'll twist or their arms will turn and curve it's almost like i need to see an exorcist <laughs> at times it can be just on the right side both arms legs uh it could just be just the arm just the leg could be right arm left leg and it, it's in the limbs and the signal goes right through the groin it's just an electrical tickle that forces you to make movements that's me it always makes me think like more parkinson style issues but yeah it's it's not fun it's been hard trying to even get any podcast out and granted i've been running people all over the place this past few weeks i've been trying to get my own errands done and then you got the holiday season crap which we don't do a lot for but i am doing a little family small family get together thing for christmas and we'll sit there and i'll just whip up a turkey and stuff and make a nice dinner for everybody uh my wife helps me with all the sides and shit and i got the new turkey that we did for thanksgiving we did the turkey in the bag the plastic bags you can buy at the store cooks about an hour 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 and a half faster than normal and it is juicy nice great well seasoned i figured the skin wouldn't hold up but there's still some crispy skin for those freaks that need to eat the flesh of the beast <laughs> I, I i like a good crispy skin but it's only the day that it's cooked and there's other people that'll eat it uh cold or reheated and that's just not my cup of tea uh I completely forgot why I was talking about the family get together and stuff. Oh, just probably running around getting everything figured out for all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, with the holiday season and stuff, you just been very busy and the few moments that I have had where I could have podcasted, I was so beat that I just, I'm like, I yawn during a normal podcast. What good am I going to be if I'm dead tired from fighting these stupid neuropathy pains and all night long? And it's like, I'll lay down, I'll get up, I'll sit up till about five in the morning, feed the cat, 
and try and go back to bed then and sometimes I can finally fall asleep sometimes I can't and I'm like screw it just get up and then you're drag assing even more throughout the day than normal and it's just yeah just why I collapse and then of course everything around me isn't taking a shit again it's like the winter holidays always bring upon a lot of family death and stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff happens in the winter time, and then people going through other things, and just been a really shitty time of year between side effects the past few months with medications and. Going off and on things and trying different things and just trying to get life back to to the norm that I know. It's not back to normal. It's back to the norm that I know because it's just a life with pain, fatigue, depression irritability, loss of so many abilities, just, yeah, it's not fun, so that just drags me down more, and it's just been a really hard couple months to try and get shit out and get shit done, but we got our podcasting area set up a little bit better, we got We're ready to do some painting coming after episode 500 here, but I'm still debating if the painting's going to go to YouTube or if it's going on some platform I haven't, Instagram, TikTok, and those I still got to sign up for this week. But I don't know. I'm just going to try and... Try and figure out, and I'm open for any suggestions, if you have any pain management medications that you've taken or are taking that seems to have helped you with certain things, let me know. If you have tried any type of neuropathy medications like gabapentin and stuff, if you could let me know your... Results, I guess, with your outcome with the different types of medications. If you don't want me to mention anything about it, tell me. Otherwise, I'll probably give a shout out about what you said. Uh, The other thing with the electrical tickle things is four to six times a day plus. I sit there and when I swallow, I get that electrical tickling in the back of my throat and my nose and it causes me to sneeze. So I have sneezing fits throughout the day, which suck because you'll sit there and sneeze the normal three, four sneezes and then all of a sudden you swallow again and you gotta sneeze again and it's just 
hard to control it. But there's other pains I'm glad I don't have at the moment that I'll, I'll take the sneezing pains over that in a heartbeat. Uh, but it's just annoying that it won't go away. It's permanent. It's been happening every day for the last couple of weeks. Same with the arms and limbs neuropathy. So, we'll just have to see what happens. I was looking forward to a possibility that we'd be seeing some relief around here. And I was going to consider trying at least a part-time job of anywhere from two to four hours a day. Just going back into a machine shop or retail or something. Try it out for a bit. See how I could handle it. But I don't think it's going to work out. But you always have high hopes. You always want to be back to normal. You're just so sick of... Sick of how... Miserable and painful and irritating that this disease can be and I sat there and I'm sitting there thinking about it the other day and it's like you know all my life I hear people bitch man if I could only have a break from work if I could only quit work and oh you're so lucky once you once I got put on disability it's like oh you're so lucky be disabled, not have to go to work. It's like, yeah. I also don't make no fucking money. <laughs> it's like, and you realize in the just looking at the past let's see, 2014 was my MS diagnosis. I don't know when I was disabled originally because I was disabled because of my aortic dissection. Then got my knee kicked out, then MS diagnosis, and my deformed foot diagnosis. It should have been, I mean, at the minimal, someone should have said, hey, are you serious? You went out for military tryouts when you're, I think I was 16 or 17. I want to say a junior year. Of high school, your second to last year, uh, we had a military tryout event in a town near us, and I went to it because it was around the time that the first Top Gun movie was out, and I a bunch of other Navy SEAL movies, and I didn't even know. I could never remember if my dad was in the Army or the Navy. I knew he was in one of them. And my godmother's husband was in the other. And dad just would never talk to me about his military history because of, well, it makes sense now that he's dead. I found out that he did his military military stint for the Navy. And then they, uh, I think they did their basic training in Texas then 
ended up going overseas and then uh, they were doing some patrols out by Alaska and him and some other people got put on the island of Guam and all of a sudden he had a severe skin reaction and ended up having to get taken to a hospital in Alaska and then got sent home and taken out of the military and he was only in the military in the Navy for about a year and a half before they 86 them out of there. And once he got back home, all he did was doctor, 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 just working on that skin issues. And then, uh, I just so happened my whole life have these skin issues that doctors can't give me anything to fix and can't really give me any real answers about and it's like okay well did i inherit this from my dad because i was born way after he was in guam so it's this radiation that was stuck in his body because guam in the and he was in guam in the 50s is it late 40s, early 50s, right around there? And I think in 48 or something like that, they did nuclear testing in Guam. And it's like, okay, so my dad obviously was probably contaminated from those areas. And that's what set all that off. And now I got this fucking skin disease. And who knows? It could have probably associate itself to other issues that I had but yeah it's like obviously the military didn't do shit other than put them through a bunch of medical things and nothing really and he pretty much dealt with it most of his life but everything was hidden so I didn't know what branch of service he worked went for and but I wanted to be in the in the Navy, which he was in, which I confirmed years later. But I wanted to be in the Navy because of Top Gun and all the Navy SEALs movies I've seen. And just how the badasses and flying planes. I wanted to fly jets. And I talked to the recruiter. He's like, it's like a 20-year mission to fly a jet unless you got some type of pole some type of family history something like that with the whole industry you got to go through a bunch of college stuff and all this and he's like if you want to fly fly now within a year you can be flying helicopters if you go into the air force so i tried out for the navy the air force marines and uh, none of them would accept me because I had, they, they had a phrase for it, for my feet. It wasn't flat foot. It wasn't anything like that. But I had problems with all the, uh, what you call it, it's the obstacle course stuff and shit. And they could see it. But no one sat there and said, well, you should actually have a doctor look at that. 
And if I would have, when I was a child, had someone look at my foot and realized it was a deformed foot, I could have got probably rebroken and fixed and all realigned, but now it's all fused together and I can't even bend my ankle or nothing. And it's like, yeah, it's like, thanks. <laughs> it's like, thanks for looking out back in those, back in the seventies and eighties, they didn't give a shit. Sixties, fifties. It's like, suck it up, do what you can. But, but yeah, we're running out of time here in this portion. I'm going to, I know I'm going long winded today, but I just, want to let you know where I'm at, what's all going on, and why I haven't been on as much as I used to. I will get back there, hopefully, or at least get back to some type of format where I'm doing stuff at least five days a week again. But we just gotta, gotta get life back running the way we need to. But I am running out of time with this segment, so I am going to end this here, and I will be right back after this with a little bit more of the show and maybe a little bit of ms stuff other than my bullshit <laughs> you don't want to listen to but i just want to give the rundown get you up to date where we're at i'll be right back all right i'm back uh the one last thing that i mentioned that i talked to my pcp about was uh I got a lump under my left breast. That's not like my normal skin condition issues. This one just basically, it's about the size of a dime. Go to squeeze, squeeze it and it's very sensitive. I noticed it a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I believe it has grown since I have seen it, noticed it, so I thought my fingers were closer together than they are now when I put them on the sides of it. So I got a ultrasound thing, I guess it is, coming up to look at it. If need be, we'll go and get a CT scan or whatever after that. Let's see what it is. Hopefully it's nothing to worry about, but who knows. Yeah. Uh, Gotta get checked out this day and age because every freaking thing just turns into a cancer. It's like life itself is just a giant cancer lately. Uh, but you look at it's like I was talking about oh, what the hell was I talking about? My brain is just I had some good stuff to talk about today, and it just disappeared as soon as I started this. Hmm. Oh, can't remember. It'll pop in my head as soon as I'm done doing the podcast, of course. Then I'll write it down, and I'll have the note in front of me, and I'll do another podcast, and I'll forget that I have the note in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> my brain has been getting I don't know if it's because I haven't been podcasting as much or what but yeah it's been going downhill but 
I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens. I'm gonna have the, I'm kind of like weaned off everything right now. The weaning off of the Velbuca and the pain meds, not having any change in how I feel, makes me understand that the pain meds weren't doing shit, and that's why I still felt like crap. And we just kept increasing stuff, putting extra shit in my system that wasn't doing a damn thing, and then we sit there and play around with more meds and more meds and more meds and more side effects and more issues and more meds and more pain and nothing changing and just yeah it gets old well let's see we were talking about pain management i believe on one of the last uh ms segments I thought I had this set at a certain page. I don't know. I must have went through all this stuff. It's like talking about MS can cause pain. If you're suffering from pain, discuss it with your healthcare team, which I am. see some people that are talking about how they personally deal with pain associated with MS this person she was referred to a local acupuncturist and I can see that I'd love to go to an acupuncturist I'm just embarrassed because of my fucking skin I just so many of the areas that they'd have to stab me at, I have my skin issue at, and it's like, I don't want them to have to deal with stuff like that. So I just live with the discomfort and pain, deal with life as it goes. But I know when I get my knees needled, oh, it's just wonderful. It hurts. <laughs> Son of a bitch when they're hitting those spots. But at least it helps out in the long run gives me some relief from the severity of the pain i mean, still got pain but not as bad as before so i'd love to get in for a good knee needling again this person she exercises a couple of minutes and tries not to overdo it she had bad Bad arthritis pain in their left shoulder, and their doctor was ready to give them a shot of cortisone. They said, no, is there anything else? He showed me this one exercise, arm overhead to touch the ear and to the other. I did it and have been doing that for over a year. I haven't had that pain. I don't like taking medication if I can work with the body. It's like, well, it's... Because you don't have severe pain, you can work those things out. I used to be able to work out a lot of my pains with yoga and stuff too. But now, yoga's just not doing it. I also haven't been back to full-time yoga, so I can't say that either. But when I was doing it, I still had my pains. Even though I felt better because of my yoga and more flexible. 
This person says rice or corn bags, naproxen, sodium, Aleve, stretching, rest, sleep, and or avoidance of pain causing stuff. Also reminding myself it won't last too long. Well, sorry, but my pain's permanent. It's not like it just comes and goes. It's a full-on everyday pain. So. Uh, mastering being calm. Put your feelings in a box and close it. Try to imagine happy things. And what you will do when the pain goes away. And pray. Always pray. Yeah, because praying will take all your issues away. <laughs> no, I ain't going to get into that. It's, uh, let's see. This person, they use medication, prayer, and exercise. Why are you using medication and exercise? According to everybody else, all you got to do is pray away. Pray away those pains. Uh, their exercise is cleaning and gardening. That's not exercise. That's normal life. <laughs> uh, to stay flexible, they hydrate, use CBD oil, music, and sometimes tears. Whatever gets their mind off the pain. Well, if you're crying, it's because you're in a lot of pain, and that's not taking your mind off the pain. Uh, this person knows everyone handles pain differently. Personally, I try not to focus on the pain. However, I have a lot of breakthrough pain. I notice when I'm not eating the right foods that my body reacts. So I have been eating less sugar. I try to cut out processed food and eat more fruit and vegetables for meals. I exclude red meat, eat lots of fish and chicken, and I've added a daily exercise routine when I am able. I just try to stay active. It may be a chair exercise program or physical therapy. This seems to work for me, and I notice that my pain is less, she says. So you could have asked at least one guy. It's like these are all gals. Yeah, things worked for them, I guess. So let them do what they can. Yeah, uh, is your pain from your MS? Neuro, neuro, neuropathic or nerve pain is caused by direct damage or injury to the nerves that are involved in the transmission of pain signals from the brain and spinal cord to the skin, muscles, and other parts of the body. It occurs without warning or specific injury or stimulus. Neuropathic pain can be described as burning, itching, tingling, piercing, or painful responses to non-painful stimuli. Elodinia. MS causes demyelination and axonal loss within the central nervous system. This results in direct damage to the nerves in the brain and the spinal cord. Chronic central neuropathic pain is one of the most frequent symptoms that dramatically reduces the quality of life of MS patients. Neuropathic 
Extremity pain is one of the most common pain syndromes in people with MS. It occurs in up to 26% of patients who experience pain. The pain is often on both sides of the body and involves the lower extremities. However, the pain can occur in any extremity. The pain can be burning, tingling, piercing, or electrical. The pain can come and go or be constant. It is usually worse at night. Although it is not a direct injury to the the legs, the pain can be worsened by movement and heat. The Hermes sign is another common pain syndrome associated with MS. So yes, I do have a lot more pain at night, but I do have it throughout the day also. The Hermes sign... uh, is common among some people with MS. It's described as an electrical sensation that can travel down the spine when the neck is flexed. The pain is usually linked to spinal cord demyelination that becomes stimulated when it is stretched and usually brief and resolves with repositioning of the neck. Yeah, if you aren't bending your neck I'm not getting it but every time I do bend my neck I get it so it's just different levels of how intense it is trigeminal neuralgia is an episodic facial pain occurring in one or more branches of the trigeminal nerve it is usually on one side of the face and involves the cheek and chin it is present in up to 6.4 percent of people oh yeah I hate those I don't know why I'm reading that part the pain can occur spontaneously or be triggered by external stimuli such as touching the face, talking, or brushing your teeth. The attacks of pain can last from a few seconds to several minutes. This pain syndrome is due to a demyelinating lesion in the brainstem in the area where the trigeminal nerve exists. Nociceptive pain is caused by damage to body tissues by physical trauma or injury. It is often referred to as muscle skeletal pain. Nociceptive pain can be sharp, aching, or throbbing. If you have ever broken a bone or cut your finger, you have felt nociceptive pain. In MS, this type of pain can result from muscle skeletal issues such as Muscle weakness, spasticity, and muscle spasms. This type of pain is not directly the result of demyelinating lesions, but is secondary to the effects of MS. And it can be painful. I I deal with it. Lower back pain is the most common nociceptive pain syndrome. It occurs in a variety of people with MS. Lower back pain is the result of abdominal posture because of muscle weakness and spasticity. Having weakness in one leg results in asymmetric posture and poor movement. These are predisposing factors for back pain. Spasticity and contractures can also contribute to lower back pain. The pain is generated from the muscles and joints. Spasticity, including muscle spasms, causes pain in people with MS. Spasticity is an abnormal increase in muscle tone. 
in severe cases and lower back pain I'm dealing with right now all the way across my lower back sciatic area or my sciatic used to only be on my right side. Uh, spasticity is an abnormal increase in muscle tone in severe cases that can result in contractures a permanent which is a permanent tightening of the muscles tendons or ligaments that locks a joint preventing it from moving freely the pain associated with spasticity can be described as a cramping or pulling sensation it can be worse at nighttime or in extreme temperatures if the spasticity becomes severe and causes contractures pain may be generated from the actual joint this is worsened by moving the joint uh, there's mixed pain syndrome in ms which is headaches occur as a result of neuropathic and nociceptive pet causes headaches have been reported by a lot of people with MS, migraine. Migraine is a result of activation of nerve transmissions and dilation of blood vessels. Migraine headaches can be the result of demyelinating lesions within the brainstem where migraines are generated from. Migraines are often present at the time of diagnosis and can be throbbing or pulsating. They are moderate to severe in severity and are associated with nausea and light or noise sensitivity. Migraines can occur with or without visual changes called auras. Tension type headaches also occur in people with MS. This headache is a milder headache compared to migraines. It is described as a pressure or tightening or band-like sensation. It is not associated with nausea or auras. These headaches may be, be because of increased tension in the muscles of the head. Which I have been getting more tension headache type things lately. I'm guessing from trying to sleep sitting up and stuff to fight off other pains. But yeah, pain does indeed exist in patients with MS. And it can have different types of and severities of pain may differ with every person. There's many types of pain, primarily due to inflammatory process of MS and secondary to the effects of MS. Yeah, yeah just let your provider know what type of pain you're dealing with and see if they can pinpoint a medication that would probably work for you. Uh, you can try a variety of exercises to try and ease up pains and it's always good to stay flexible because of sciatica issues and stuff like that. You don't want amping up. You can try things like yoga there's the Alexander Technique, which can improve your freedom of movement, balance, and coordination. It's practiced by dan dancers and actors for more than a century. You're basically 
releasing tension in your body while learning to speak, breathe, sit, and move with the least amount of muscular effort. Uh, when I hear that, I've never really, I don't think I've ever heard of the Alexander Technique before, but I used to study Brahmanism and Buddhism, and Brahmanism used a lot of uh, breathing, sitting, and moving with the least amount of muscular effort. And there were guys that would, I'm sure there might be gales too, but back in the day, the monks and stuff were pretty much male members as far as I knew. I could be wrong, but they would, uh, there are certain ones that would get in a sitting position, the lotus or whatever position. They cross the legs and they'd form everything where they'd have like a heel closing off their butthole. They'd have their nose holes covered and pinched, uh, their ear holes covered, eyes, mouth. Anywhere where you had an opening, they would cover it somehow with one of their limbs or hands or feet or whatever. It just, there were guys that would sit and they said that they buried someone alive and then unburied him and they like didn't age and it was very interesting, unique things. If you ever want to look it up, look up Brahmanism. Uh, Brahmanism and Buddhism got into it in just different aspects, but Brahmanism was more more intensified with it. I uh, got recreational therapy. It's, that's always something you can enjoy more because you're use, utilizing things like sports, games, dance, and movement, or arts and crafts to recover basic motor functioning. Uh, tai Chi, that's a great non-stressful, easy-to-do-all-age type thing, workout and flexibility, but... It's always good to have some type of exercise that you can work with. Uh, we got MS spasticity, which is one of the more common yet misunderstood symptoms of multiple sclerosis, may be experienced in various ways, including limb stiffness, muscle spasm, fatigue, or pain. Uh, the word spasticity is derived from the Greek word spastikos, meaning drawing in, tugging, or shaking un uncontrollably. Shaking uncontrollably. Hmm. At its core, spasticity means having unnaturally stiff muscles with overactive reflexes. Uh, Normal muscle actions such as walking, sweeping the floor, or hammering a nail require coordinated repetitive patterns of movement during which muscles alternately relax and contract. With spasticity, muscle fibers are in a constant state of tension known medically as 
hypertonicity. Spastic muscles don't relax when they're supposed to. This makes the limbs often stiffen. The joint range of motion declines and the desired movement is more effortful and less fluid in execution. The simultaneous contraction of muscles to flex and extend a limb adds to the workload and energy expended by the muscles in routine activities of daily living. Even with mild leg spasticity, the energy expended in walking goes up by one-third. When spasticity worsens, the gait becomes increasingly unsteady and shortened strides. More sway from side to side and problems such as foot dragging and scissoring of the legs arises. Uh, spasticity is overactive reflexes. Human reflexes involve a signal loop carried from a stretched muscle tendon to the spinal cord and then back to the muscles. The result is a reflex contraction of the muscle impulses from the central nervous system. In spasticity, the regulatory signals coming from the higher levels of the CNS are impaired, which causes the reflexes to become exaggerated. The medical term is hyper, hyperflexia. This may result in muscle spasms, which may spontaneously or be spontaneous or triggered by movement and can be brief or prolonged. Generally, the longer the muscle spasm, the more painful. Hell, hell to the yeah. <laughs> Especially when it starts out in the muscle area and it goes into the bone. So we talked about two types of spasticity. Both can cause pain in a state of hypertonicity. The longer a spasm limb remains inactive, the tighter and tighter the muscles become, like a twisting rubber band. This causes an achy kind of muscular discomfort. Let's see what else we got here. You should detect your spasticity. And then test your reflexes. Range of motion to gauge muscle tone. And by observing muscle activities such as walking, finger-to-nose testing. In today's world, more and more visits are being conducted remotely. It's hard to test reflexes that way. If left unattended, spasticity usually worsens over time, so a spasticity management plan is essential. First, eliminate possible triggers such as poor fitting clothes, an overextended bladder, or any other physical stress on the body. Secondly, the tendency for the spastic muscles to tighten up must be countered with a regular stretching program. It is usually best to discuss the specific stretches to be done with a medical provider or perhaps with a physical or hand therapist. Uh, you can do splinting and bracing 
overnight splints for the hand or ankle will provide a prolonged stretch of a stiff muscle. When it comes to medications, the goal is to use antispasticity drugs only as needed. All such drugs have the potential to cause side effects, more so at higher doses. These drugs are used in combination with stretching and other strategies, but not in place of them. The most common medications for spasticity include baclofen, which I'm on, tizanidine, which I just went off of, and gabapentin, which I'm considering going on to, while benzodiazepines On the right page here, yeah. Diazepam, etc. And others are used less often. The most common side effects with these medications are drowsiness, dizziness, and weakness. General use rule is to start with one medication at a low dose and increase the dose slowly until spasticity is controlled or side effects begin occurring. Uh, if only certain muscle groups are problematic, then targeting intramuscular botulinum toxin injections may help. It is important to discuss those medications with your care team. Uh, for others where treatments have failed, intrathecal baclofen therapy should be considered. This is treatment involves implanting a device with a medication chamber and an internal catheter that delivers baclofen directly into the spinal fluid. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely look into your the things that cause you problems and take them all into consideration. And next time we'll get into mindfulness stuff for pain, maybe. <laughs> uh, lots of pain things right now because I'm going through lots of pain and I'm trying to figure out what kind of things to try out and figure out what I already tried out. So that's why I'm just going through these with you. It's all information that was given to me and I'm trying to research it. So I might as well research it on the podcast. And talk about it, but I am not a doctor, so do not follow any of my advice. Just listen to my me talk about what I think about, what I've tried and what I've dealt with, and what I'm going to try. And talk to your medical staff about anything that interests you, that you want to try out for yourself to see if it can help you. And hopefully they will work with you and get that figured out or give you some other suggestions. Who knows, this day and age, the medical thing moves, changes so much, anything could happen. But take care of yourself. I'm out of time. Try and get back to you. Remember, if you want to listen to old episodes, grab them now while you can and put them in your queue. And we will talk to you again, hopefully. Hopefully soon. Hopefully tomorrow. Who knows? We also got other things coming up. So. And don't forget to check out Under the Call of MS on YouTube.